Hello, and welcome to a very special Nick Flanagan Weekly, NFW, a podcast I do several times a week right now, normally alone. Today I am not alone. Today I have a very special, splendid, magical, wonderful guest. I have a guest. I feel uncomfortable about my shirt choice <laughs> with the guest. Don't feel uncomfortable. I don't. Okay, good. I don't actually. I wouldn't be able to voice that I felt uncomfortable if I truly <laughs> felt uncomfortable enough. This is Aisha Brown, everyone. Hey. A friend of mine, a very a very funny comedian, uh, writer, actress. Uh, terrible, <laughs> but yeah, I'll try it. She raps. Like, do you, uh, she has rapped <laughs> in a humorous way and running out of the mouth. Mm-hmm. She raps on stage as part of her comedy act. Yeah, that that is all accurate. That's a very uh, show, what's the word? That's like a big, big pops for those, right? When you do the <laughs> rapping. Yeah, they're like, oh man, I don't have a big joke to close this set on. Guess I'm rapping today. Well, I mean... The raps are very funny. They're Aww. not. It's not like you just do something where you're like, "Hey, everyone, give me a beat. I can rap anything over it." This is true. She's the queen of the dot. Happen. You're the queen of the dot. Oh boy. The T dot. <laughs> um, and all the other dots. Uh, so yeah, we. I've got this weird setup where there's a camera right here, and like basically, it's like I never thought I would be that guy, <laughs> the guy who has like. A Mac laptop facing him and a person who's been forced into coming to meet him. This is exactly as uncomfortable as every other podcast I've done. So yeah. you're you're all right. And you're like, I didn't tell you that there would be like a cheap webcam. Yeah, no. I didn't tell you there'd be a cat. I I came here <laughs> off a road trip, so I'm thrilled to have my oh my hair filmed. Your hair is filmed. We had a your your hair looks great. Everyone looks great. And the great news is I have a very low um, odd, low, odd, l- low amount of people in the audience. and um, That does relax me. Yeah. I even find like shows, sometimes when a, a show is like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Like people who host it, they're like, I'm so sorry. There's not that many people here. There's normally more people here. And I'm like, no, that's great. This is great. Yeah. This is great. This is less people the, to be disappointing. <laughs> the pressure is off. But then somehow it turns out when you do it, the pressure is like... Worse because indi- you're yeah. suddenly interacting with individuals and oh, you know worrying work. about every single person in a crowd's how they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to have like individual conversations. I just want to perform my material the way I wrote it. That's. I was on a show on Wednesday and there was uh, there were three people there initially and they were like, "Should we go forward with it?" And we could kind of tell that we had to. And then, like, two more people showed up, and I was like, oh, great, we're at five or six, which is just yeah. the amount to continue doing a show, but not the right amount to feel good Yes. about doing a show. You know what that feeling is? Yeah. That feeling is like you're a kid in school, and they're trying to figure out whether to, like, cancel the whole day, because it's like a, it could be a snow day, but then right. more kids and teachers start rolling in, Right. it's like, well, might as well keep it going. Yeah, you know, that's like, exactly oh. the feeling. Yeah. yeah, that thing at school where you're like, oh, wait, I'm not going, I am going to school? Yeah. Hey, do you mind closing that door oh, real quick? Problem. Thank you. This is going to be way better. I want, whoa. <laughs> Does it close any more than that? Probably not, no. I doubt that anything truly closes. No, you know, no door, no, I, that, that intentionally doesn't close because I'm trying to say no door truly ever closes, which is one of the worst, uh, like, beliefs you could have. No door, yeah, like, nothing is ever finalized. I could get back together with them. No door truly closes. Yeah. Every door is ajar and you can open it up and peek in. You know what, though? I think that's an important lesson. Right? Because, like, sometimes you feel really, like, a lot of despair. I feel a lot of despair when I think, like, something is, like, irreparable. Something's just been ruined forever. Usually, like, I friendships. Do. That is really yeah. a despairing it feeling. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So that idea could actually make you feel good. And yeah. it is kind of true. Yeah, sure. Mm. Unless, like, you do, unless you do something horrible. Like, if right? you whack off in front of them. <laughs> oh, great or if segue. if you, uh... 
if you uh, suck their finger during a date, <laughs> or if you order the clams without consulting with them, uh, or yeah. if you uh, done, if you pow- power slam a reporter. <laughs> I don't think that reporter is going to be friends with the senator who power slammed him anytime soon. Well, I told you I'm, I'm reading that book, that John Ronson book. Oh, so, so you, yeah. yeah. So, so you've, you've been publicly sh- say We'll say it at the same time because yeah. I interrupted you. Uh, so, so you've, you've been, been publicly, publicly shamed. shamed. And it's a, it's a good book. It is. I, I'm not done it completely yet because it's taking me forever. Right. But I, there are people who've made these tiny errors and like doors are closed to them forever. Yeah, I mean that's how I feel. I mean I I don't even think it's the funny thing is that's my go-to way of feeling. Yeah. And same. it has been forever. So I'm kind of like, "Oh, welcome to my world to these people." But the fact of the matter is the reason they've probably had this happen is because we have the similar personality traits. Yes. Yeah. We have a lot in common. <laughs> I mean the one lady it's so funny because people pay for uh sins mm-hmm. um like the 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 story and so you've been publicly shamed about the woman who made the aids africa joke mm-hmm. um is like it's it's such a complicated joke because of course it's a racist joke yeah but it's also like probably a joke a north american black person would tell you know what i mean like it's like, yeah, it, it, it was- like it was one of those things where, like, as a comic, you get to learn an obscurity in a show with, like, three people. Yes, like, maybe exactly. I don't, maybe I'm not the right person. Like, I'm black, but, like, yeah. I don't know if I could sell that joke. And, like, if that joke bombs, you just feel so bad. You're like, I'm not going back there. Well, it's weird. I read that article written by two women who watched Louis C.K.'s uh, performance in New York. Which so- performance? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well because it's like hack basically at this point (laughs) yeah he um so he was at what was it the cellar uh yeah he was over at the cellar he was over the cellar he was over you know louis house is the cellar (laughs) and so he basically went back to his house which he'd been subletting to a bunch of young punks well so the the consensus from the two women who basically were asked in this article i read this piece as well yeah they were like look a, we didn't know he was going to be there, so it was kind of forced on us. Which yeah, absence of choice. Irony. Choice right? taken away. Choice taken away. Also, um, it, they felt like they didn't necessarily want to see him. They felt like they wanted to be voices of dissent, but there was no room for that in that space. Yeah, when there's a room full of people giving someone a standing ovation, yeah. you know, you're, you're not, not going to be the person like, yeah. no thank you. In New York, a city famous for its attitude. Right, yeah. That no guffed. <laughs> That's the word. Hey. hey I you am, want some of this here? <laughs> hey, I'm blocking door. <laughs> hey, I'm blocking door. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, this is... Uh, uh, well, there's that question. Yeah. <laughs> there's that question that keeps coming up of like, you know, when's enough enough? Like, what hasn't he paid enough? Or, like, when, when does he get to come back? That's the question. And the problem is, is that there's no, there's no official thing. There, like, you know, he wasn't, yeah. he didn't do jail There's time. no counter. Yeah, like, when, when Mike Tyson got out of jail, I feel like there was a lot of people who were like, well, he did his time. But don't you think that the real time, I think that the real moment of forgiveness for Mike Tyson was when his daughter died. I mean, when we're talking, like, I think when people Not see... Not in the black community. Well, the no, black community but... The barely gave a shit I mean, the, anything happened to him. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Mike Tyson, but the, that, but that's, a, I mean, that's, like, different anyway, because, you know... Sort of, except that it, it's, like, for men in, in comedy, it's very different. Like, Louis' punishment is very different than what women feel it should be. Like, it kind of is a little bit split gender-wise. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not really, really of the opinion that he should have come back and i mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not of the opinion that his apology was meaningful i'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not of the i mean i think you're in the minority Ooh, At least of, that's where i want to be uh, <laughs> i love being a minority i think uh, like uh, the guys who are most um who are voicing their opinion the most on this issue in comedy are very much a, of the like hey man like he took a break he lost a lot like when is he gonna be i think the question when is he gonna be allowed to come back is being asked because a lot of guys are like what if something happens to me 
when am I going to be allowed to come back? I think people just don't want to feel like they're under the control of somebody. And I think that for me, like in a, and, and I also think there's something, there's some kind of weird subtext of men being like, like, can't I do anything right? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I think that's a yeah, big like, part oh, of this. Oh, all of a sudden you can't masturbate in front of someone well, who's I... a subordinate <laughs> and then stop them from being able to have a career in the industry? I just Since know when? that as soon as I enter a romantic relationship, the amount of mistakes and mm-hmm. errors and insensitivities I make, are they go up like such a massive, uh, yeah. they really spike, you know, that mm-hmm. being, uh, that being said, that has nothing to do with these sort of like key behavioral choices like. Uh, you know, asking to take off all of your, asking if it's okay to masturbate in, in front of people you just met in a yeah. non-romantic context. But, um, because if you just met them in a romantic context, I mean, go for it. <laughs> go go right for it. Go right if you're at the it. Aspen Fest, yeah. it gets wild at Aspen. It's, it's weird, because it, it's kind of, it's it's not even just the act. The act itself is gross. But uh, what are you, what are you, Catholic or something? <laughs> I am agnostic. <laughs> but I, I think it's the there was this kind of like unspoken we have to protect him because he's really good at writing jokes. Like Louis C.K. everyone's like oh he's that white guy who when he says nigger you know it's because it's, it's worth it. <laughs> and, and that mentality yeah. I think is what took him into this situation in the first place. Yeah. Because I think that <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your no, no, really no. big point. <laughs> I, I don't think I had one. I think is there a disclaimer that we both are, like we both have ADHD, and so this conversation is just gonna. Well, there is a disclaimer with my podcast where everybody knows I have ADHD, and okay. I I did have a really wonderful hang with you the other week where we went all over our oh, ADHD man. and no all of our similarities. Subjects. And if I do an intro for this, I'm probably gonna say <laughs> that you have ADHD and. Then you're going to get so many more jobs because, you know what? Oh, what? Is my job going to go to some black lady with ADD suddenly in a bum (laughs) leg? We got to go back to the story because I I was about to talk about what I think. I think what it comes down to, in my opinion, is the complicated aspect of a golden goose type of person Mm -hmm. because... For Bill Cosby, for many years, mm-hmm. the the sort of duality, and you know, I feel so bad that it's primarily uh, minority communities, or specifically the African American community, has this whole relationship with like people who do bad shit and then also are good. I feel like that is yeah. mostly brought up in that in that world somehow. I don't know, mm. you know, you don't, you never hear that much about. I don't even know, like. Tommy Lee, who's probably killed, like, well, alleged, there's not even an allegedly there, but you know he's probably, something with hepatitis. There's something to do with hepatitis in the mix with that guy. Well, it's, I think it's a thing for, at least for black people, is there's a distrust of, of trying to take down prominent black people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't tell me anything bad about a black person because, I, like, you're just doing that for racist motives. Yeah. That's that's the feeling there, and that's why there's this defensiveness of, like, having to protect Michael Jackson and Usher and Bill Cosby and a- any other black celebrity who's been kind of built up. Yeah. Or, or hang on to it a little too much because we've seen the other side of that. Like, we've seen how white interests kind of j- destroy prominent black people. So there's a it's it's a little bit nuanced, right? Like it's I think we hold on to our heroes a little too tightly because we're we don't not that we don't have any other heroes, but it's just um it's hard to get there. Well, I mean also pretty much every one of them is put under a scrutiny where, you know, their mm-hmm. flaws are I mean, you know, Martin Luther King, there's a lot of people who have a lot of you know he he's been systematically targeted as mm-hmm. someone yeah. You know, who isn't like that. I mean, in a weird way, Malcolm X almost has like a better, um, like he, you never hear people go, oh, but did you know Malcolm X was like a pimp or what, a stick up yeah. guy or whatever? You never because, hear a rational person say that. No. But the, you know, but the Martin Luther King stuff is borderline. It's Fox News talking point if it came down to it would right. be his socialist views would be philandering. It would be yeah. all there. And the fact he was like 
you know, surveyed by the FBI for so long was like the reason that he, everyone knows all of this stuff that well, would otherwise not be known. I've been like, I realize I've been defending Serena Williams. I don't even watch tennis. What did she do wrong? She, Nothing. she wore a cat suit? That, that's the tennis? most recent thing. Because it's like a long history with Serena. Isn't she dating a direct, married to a director or something? I think so. I don't, I don't really know too much about her husband. But I like, like this about you. I like that you pay attention to things but then you don't actually know that much about the well, thing because I, I have that too her, like her person and I, i'm in and out with this because i no. don't give a shit about tennis i think tennis is <laughs> based on like a racist institution what um, what institution is that just like the the whole reason they wear white is it was exclusion to be more exclusive to keep poor people out because i it's see poor, it's harder to keep white clothing clean right and, and the fact it's definitely that, a fancy sport it's a fancy sport that's yeah. based in elitism you have a lot yeah. of like still have a lot of old tennis clubs that have like unofficial no jews no blacks pe- black people rules sure you yeah. know so like that that already i'm like not in love with the sport for that no and then, and I've, I've rarely been interested in yeah. tennis and if someone tells me they're going to a tennis game i'm like you're not invited to my wedding yeah, <laughs> can't go. yeah, in your face. In your face. I, I don't know any sport that has oh, etiquette rules. I have a problem with like <laughs> gymnastics. I like they, if your if your bra strap is hanging out of your bathing suit while you're launching yourself through the air. If your if your right. hair falls out of place. Meanwhile, your fucking point. vagina is on full <laughs> display. <laughs> it's like the right. whole world, it's and it's the same crazy. with tennis, it's where it's like tennis. where it's like you got to wear white and you got to be. Preferably, girls' tennis is like your age, seventeen to twenty, and yeah. the, it's their skirts for some well, reason. Okay, so that was the first issue I had for Serena, the, mm-hmm. where I defend Serena, was that she's like clearly, I think maybe one of the I don't know a lot about tennis, but she's like one of the most award-winning players yeah. who ever ever existed. But for years, had the lowest amount of sponsorship dollars. Oh, because she doesn't appeal to the tennis aesthetic. Uh-huh. Which is a lot Anna more Kornikova, European. Yeah, and all these yeah. other girls who are really pretty but not right. that fucking good at tennis, they're they're getting a lot more money from the sport. Was Anna Kornikova not good? I think she was just I. Wasn't the thing that her and the other lady made these grunts? There were there was, like uh, a... there was some issue with grunts. Again, <laughs> I don't follow the sport well enough to comment, but I I, I yeah, I think you could probably back that up with a solid Google search. Uh, but okay, yeah. The other issue with Serena, she's like been drug tested more than any other um, athlete in tennis. Jesus so like, even though she's never had a dirty test, like she's been drug tested like five times more than any other woman or man playing mm-hmm. tennis, which is kind of fucked up. But lately, so she had she's been diagnosed with some kind of some kind of embolism issue where she oh, she's yeah. subject to a lot of blood clots that could kill her. She almost died after giving birth. Wow. So Nike made her this special cat suit. That helps with the blood clotting issue. It's, a, it's some kind of compression suit. Okay. And so she was wearing that, and she didn't announce that she planned to wear it at the French Open. But the guy who runs the French Open made a statement saying, we've gone too far in tennis with what we're allowing people to wear, and, mm-hmm. and it's not respectful of the place and the sport. So, And he used Serena's catsuit as an example, not probably fully understanding that it literally was a health issue. And that's why she was wearing it. Also, why are you holding on to pe- making people wear little white clothing? Why? Because it, you like the elitism in the sport? Like, all of that just drives me crazy. I mean, I mean we, we have more IBS than ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. like you don't want to have... The whole thing, if you have that going on, is that you're wearing dark clothes, mm-hmm. most likely. Yeah, yeah. What about the IBS is the question <laughs> that most people should be asking. I'm not saying that Serena has IBS. disease? But if she has Crohn's or IBS, <laughs> colitis, and she has a darker cat suit, she, it's better for her. It's better for her. I just think all the reasons to not let her wear the suit are stupid. Mm. As opposed, like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it, and I feel like when you add up all the bullshit that someone like Serena goes through, not to mention all the weird-ass comments, like Donald Trump's made unflattering comments about her body before, <laughs> like just people making a lot of weird commentary on this female athlete. There was so much cultural luck in terms of her not being one of the most body-shamed um, athletes. Yeah. I, I mean, even more oh, than yeah, she is. Yeah. Because her and her sister, instead of being people who sort of were treated like I don't even know who would they were just they were they became sex symbols but just barely they became sex symbols because I think black hollywood 
allowed it to happen. Or yeah. Like or like yeah, like yeah, hip-hop like like it encouraged happen. it and and yeah, and, like and Jamie Foxx yeah. making that song at the was it the ESPYS or something. Sure. There were like a lot of tributes to Serena Williams' body in recent history that allowed that shit to happen. And if you want to be like really cynical about it, you could say, well, someone like Kate Upton maybe helped you know like white america be more like okay with that and, sure. and you know oh, the whole sure. thing is like it, it's i mean it's so complicated in america about race that we're trying to talk about louis ck because... I, know. <laughs> I know i know it's because well, it all is kind of related like the same way that there's just different standards for different people and there's you have to kind of talk about the why like the fact that louis ck was not just allowed to be a degenerate but was his his circle was bullying people who had the audacity to not necessarily call him out about it, just talk to other people about it. They were yeah. actively trying to... like He has an agent who was actively intimidating women against yeah. speaking about the incident. His manager, and yeah. who is one of the largest in the business, for sure. Right. And, um, and I think, you know, his whole... His whole ethos which has an element of absurdity. This is what I was trying to... Like I said, I've been following him for a long time, and he always had this aspect where it's like, I can, like you said, he can say anything. You could really tell he was coming up with joke premises that he felt would be a challenge to make work, and he would make them work, and that was why people started viewing him like a comedic superhero as stand-ups. And when you combine that with creating his own sort of means of production or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. you know and then when you would add it to this sort of validation request it turns out was what his stand-up was and what i mean by that was you know he'd go up and he'd be like you know when you're like you, you know when you're just like at the bank and the teller's talking to you and you just want to jerk off or something you know like his act would be a lot of stuff like along those lines mm-hmm. and and he did all this stuff that was interestingly protective i know tignataro had had issues with the fact that she, he supported her so heavily yeah and that she felt like her presence is you know like a queer woman you know I, yeah he gave him Armor. Tried to use her to clean his image. And even on the show, Louie, there was this kind of strange thing where he was like, yeah, I don't know, my wife's a black lady, you know, like, she's I a don't... black lady and our kids are white and I'm jerking off, but like, when I'm not jerking off. And, yeah. And then he would do all that things where he was blocking doors in his show, you the know. The weird thing about his wife being black, is I, I used to watch that show and it was before I got into comedy mm-hmm. and... I liked Louis. Like I liked his material. Uh-huh. Um, I I was like, why make the wife black? Is it? And I remember him making a comment like, well, if you want a woman to really bust your balls, like no one's gonna do it more than a black woman. <laughs> and, which was like this weird. And at the time, I was like, oh, well, he's joking. I guess that's like what, like a creative license he's taking. He's making a little joke about a joke or whatever. But in retrospect, I'm like. No, that was just a conscious decision to be shitty and controversial, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, I th- I, but I, I think controversial is maybe not the word I, I'd use because to me it's like really similar to um, Quentin Tarantino in mm-hmm. uh, Pulp Fiction. Right. Did you see Pulp Fiction? I have not. I'm the last person. <laughs> I've, I've heard the arguments that he's like his gratuitous, like... N-word use. Well, sure. I can say it. I'm black. You can say it. Wait. Oh, will that hurt your your podcast? I won't say it. No. I mean, I don't know. The podcast has... Yeah, I think, (laughs) if anything, my listeners are the kind of people who will be like, she should say it or she's like, not... Just say it. Oh, well, fuck them. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just say it. And now I can say it. Mm. You know, if this were 13 years ago and I was quoting rap lyrics to you, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then I'd... I'd be, never mind. Sorry. I didn't say them. These were the guys that I knew. That's what I say now, guys and friends. These were the guys that I knew from back then when I was clocking money. But then you have to rhyme the, the, the word that should have rhymed with the other word oh, with guys. So it's... It be really exhausting. Oh, it's so hard. It's really hard not saying that word. It's a lot more work. But yeah, I think um, uh, Quentin Tarantino did that. Th- he played a character who was... Mm-hmm said this thing to um, Samuel Jackson's character about mm-hmm. another character who was killed, the, 
the guy from Mad TV plays this character who gets shot. And the guy from Mad TV, like that really good actor who was like the black actor on Mad TV. What's his name again? He's oh, amazing. Know. Orlando something? Yeah, okay. that guy. Okay. And um, he, uh, you know, Quentin was like, what? Dead Edward, what is my play? Dead Edward Storage? You know, mm. that was like the famous yeah. thing. And then they showed a flashback where you see that he has this black wife. <laughs> oh, okay. So it like legitimately. So it's it. fine. Right. You know, and um the weird thing is in real life I think that there are cases like that. That's what's crazy, but it's like mm-hmm. it's just this weird you know rule making. Like I-, I think I think that a lot of black people have spoken out and said, Yeah, we just don't really love when white people use this word. Yeah. And then you always get white people who are like, But what if? And they're always what ifing. Yeah, that was and an alt like, comedy thing for a while, I would yeah. see. Comedians, white comedians would be like, How can I get around this? Oddly enough, I, I, yeah. I in my in my early days I never I the I the closest I got to that was like a joke where, and I'm not going to put this in because my whole thing is to protect myself. I said, I said, me and my circle of friends are mad sensitive to racism. We only use the N word to make a point or in private. <laughs> and that was like, you know, not, yeah. not funny necessarily, but it was like, at least it was like it's, definitely a pointed joke about, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't how people use it. No, it's, it's like making a yeah. point, you know, yeah, and it's like, yeah, and it's like, that's the truth of it with most people, most white people. It's like, they're dying to say it. Oh, yeah, this is all getting back mm. to that original point I had about, uh, um, um, mm, you? Louis? Louis saying it, but there was someone else. Why? Ah, uh, the thought escaped me. I hate you, adult. Temper. Deficit. Tension. <laughs> I'll say this while you're remembering your thought. I'm not gonna remember. Um, I feel like there must there's always exceptions to the rule. And I'm not I don't go around looking for a reason to be angry about anything. I think the thing that always bothers me is people who make it their job to search for the context where it would be okay. <laughs> you know, like just why is this so important to you? That's like, what everybody wants. They want context. Don't you understand the context? I was really mad yeah. at a black guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew I had to hurt I him. The only word I think of that would upset him. I was mad at this individual. I had like yeah. So I thought if I made him if I dehumanized him <laughs> to his <laughs> face he deserved that because he was so bad to me. <laughs> I think people like Louis C.K. bank on other people's politeness because it takes a lot to be able to say to someone's face, I think you're terrible. I don't think you should do this anymore. I don't think you should be in this community, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Most people just kind of want things to go away. Mm-hmm. They don't want to deal with it. And so somebody like a Louis C.K. benefits from everybody just wanting everyone else to be civil and that's that is part of the issue is i think especially as a woman i think there is a little bit of a like a a thing in society like a a force in society that makes you feel like you should be polite and delightful and pleasant right and i that's the thing also that bothers me about the louis ck and as a canadian as a Canadian, yeah, Canadian woman, Jesus, Canadian woman minority, get the fuck out of here. And as a person who was raised nicely. Do you know, how polite, have, do you know how more polite I am in life than I actually <laughs> am, really? Like, I, Oh, I know. Yeah. Your, your head is filled with oh, anger. So, I'm so mean. Fury. And I bite down on it all the time. What I did you do, the it. joke, of, you had a joke about a cyclist? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I have this joke. I haven't done, I haven't done a lot of stand-up um, recently, but I have this joke about how we have to stop that T-shirt about like I want the confidence of a of a mediocre white guy. Oh, and no, uh, no. like if I want anyone's confidence, it's of right. a dead cyclist. Right. No one's more confident <laughs> than a dead cyclist. Yeah, I that mean, that's uh, it's it's I've worked on it. I've 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 altered it to I think Toronto cyclist. <laughs> oh, it made it a lot lighter. But uh, but I stand by it. 
I've, as I've, a driver, you as stand a driver, as I've seen some. Very as an onlooker of dead bodies, you, as, yeah, you stand by them, or just like people who are riding their bike in Toronto that's not really built for bike riders, and I'm like, you could die. It is built for bike riders. It's what, supposed Toronto? it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, but it's not. No, yeah, that's true. There's an infrastructure problem. There is, and I'm not putting that on. That's not bike riders' fault. I'm just saying you're taking big risks. You're very confident I about agree. your abilities. I'm no going nowhere near bicycling while I'm here. I'm, I'm not doing it. It seems terrible. I'm barely leaving the house, and it's great. Oh, I'm so happy. The house. I'm so happy. So, uh, so you think he's banking on the politeness of uh, the crowd? I mean, mm-hmm. I, uh, I definitely think there's something to that, and there's something about asking people to some to accept something in the moment and a combination of moving things along and politeness and not knowing what to do can create acceptance. And I, I think that that's such a sophisticated way to explain something to people that if you say that to someone, say who you had sex with and you say, actually, you know, like I consented, this is a whole other thing. Actually I consented, but in retrospect, like I felt pressured and I really Mm -hmm. didn't want to, you know, I think that there's like a portion of society that will go, well, too bad. You consented. Always. There's always people who are like, you're an adult. You should know. Like they have these really black and white finite rules to everything. And they involve law. Like if you don't, if you don't break the letter of the law, you know, you don't have anything to worry about. Like, and so if Gian Gomeshi was not guilty, uh, in a court, it, it's like, is he suddenly a, a, a great boyfriend? Or are you suddenly right. being like telling your daughter, oh, you're going well with John tomorrow? Great. That's <laughs> right. You guys are going to have fun. Probably go to the museum. Yeah. I always wonder with, I mean, everybody who sees things in black and white, they, they hate having that thrown in their face. Mm-hmm. Like they, they feel like you're being ridiculous if you're pointing out how simplistic they're being. Well, yeah. I also think it's like, you know, as you were saying about, situations being being irreparable is I think uh, everyone mm-hmm. has that fear and I think if mm. they think that there are just myriad 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 situations that are completely can spiral into you wronging someone in a way that could hurt them for like ever or for like a time period yeah they can't accept that you know they well, can't as a, as a responsibility because you know they're just out there living their life I don't know you know there is we do need to figure out a way as a society to talk about issues because social media and it goes back to that john ronson book social media is making it worse there's a huge amount of shame in saying something publicly and being wrong or saying something publicly like if you said something 10 years ago and it doesn't suit today's climate then you that you could just see the end of your career happen. And I did, I did so much of that 10 years ago. And, and, and like, and I don't mean I did anything that was too offensive, but I just mean Mm -hmm. I was in a band that was like, had crazy lyrics. I was doing comedy that was like a lot more abrasive. Yeah. We're the same age. Yeah. We're the same age. And I don't know. I didn't grow up with this like microscope on everything I was doing. Thank God. Cause I said and done a lot of dumb things. And so, and none of that is, there's no paper trail for it. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I do think there's, like, a value in having actual conversations that don't exist in, like, sending people sassy gifts. You know? Like, I, <laughs> I can do without that. Aisha Brown is canceled. There, I feel like sometimes if somebody hears something and it resonates. It yeah. resonates with a lot of people. And it's a good thing. Like, sure. even that saying of, I wish I had the confidence of a mediocre white man. What they're just saying, what that statement is saying is, having white privilege gives you a false sense of how good you are. Oh, it's wild. Right? So that's that's a perfectly Do you know how good statement. at pool I think I am? <laughs> I've never played it. I've, I've rarely played pool. I don't have that confidence, but I feel like my confidence is about right for my abilities. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think that there's power in that statement. I just think overusing it hurts that power. Like yeah. using it, like where, sipping the mug with the white tears in it. It just makes people mad on the other side. And liberal tears. What about liberal tears? What about liberal, drinking liberal well, tears? I haven't seen and, that one. Oh, that's a big one. Oh, that's great. I drink. Think, oh, like, yo, I drink liberal tears. Yo, <laughs> that's gross. Yes. Why are we drinking tears? Yeah, like, why do you want to be a monster? Yeah, you Who won't drink snot. Hi- get hydrated from that. It's, you know, it's saline. It's gross. Yeah, I, I don't. There's probably somehow chips like a bone and stuff in it. <laughs> oh. You know. 
Yeah, it's gross. It's also like it, it just. I feel like there's a like a lack of empathy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like not. And every... it's based around the idea that other people don't have empathy. That's yeah. why. That's why things are so frustrating, and that's why it's like. I really don't know if there needs to be any more social media participation for me. Your jokes. Yeah. You've been dropping more jokes on social media lately. They're so funny. Who, me? Yeah, I feel I, like you've been putting more jokes up. You know what? Yeah, I, I, just this week. And now and then I got one that like went really big and it really freaked me out. And yeah. then I took like a step back for a minute. Because yeah. I didn't like the, the hyper focus. Well, it's most of the time not our favorite jokes that are the jokes that people notice. Yeah. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the jokes that are like low hanging fruit. Uh-huh. And then yeah. and then you have people attacking you on your low hanging fruit joke. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're not all wrong, but I still don't want to agree with you because you're just attacking me. I've seen right. your your Twitter bio and it says hang niggers in it. So I'm not really going <laughs> to side with you, uh, nigger hater. What's, what's the level of racial harassment on Twitter for a lady of color? Oh, if I, if I'm too sassy or if I named Aisha specifically, I think like I will, based on the fact that I am not a famous person Uh, to me, you are, I I don't think I'm famous at all. I think I'm pretty, I don't think anybody in Canada is famous. Do you know what I mean? I'd say Rick Mercer is famous. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you this. I had like some weird documentary, the TVO documentary where they followed me around and and what me and, and Hodo Hersey and uh, Tanisha Anwar did this like TVO documentary about like people who have melanin who tell jokes and Based off of that, I got a lot of nice responses, but I also got a lot of, like, hostility. Like, people <laughs> looking for me on YouTube and leaving weird comments, like, like you and your cuck white boyfriend. Like, <laughs> we already we already have affirmative action in the schools. What, yeah. we, got, we need to do comedy now? It's like, oh, you know. Yeah. There's, there's a, or like comedy is the one place where there's... A cop died. A cop was shot, and somebody sent me a tweet, like, happy now? I don't even think I talk about cops that much on stage. Like, if, and it's never of the perspective of like, I hope they all die. It was I real just, weird. Like, maybe this was someone who just thought that you were an unhappy person and was checking in, and it just happy? like they used the death of the cop as just a time for them to check in. And you know what? That's. Yeah, that's good. White splaining. That's another word that has to go. The white splaining and man. Why are you mansplaining and white splaining? It's and... white splaining, mansplaining, problematic. Like those are three words that make sure that anyone who disagrees with you will just continue to disagree with you. This is another one that drives me crazy: is that people when people go like, "Oh, if another man tells me that," and it's like, <laughs> "I'm telling you that right now." Can we just talk about yeah. that I'm saying it? Just tell me what's wrong with what I'm saying instead of going, oh, guys always say this to me. It's like, okay, so yes. I'd like to know why, and then I can examine that thing I... Sorry. <laughs> Shit is crazy over here. I'm knocking everything around. Well, nobody likes to be pigeonholed. Nobody likes to be told, like, yeah. you're another one of this cat... Like, you're just some anonymous... Mm-hmm. idiot who thinks like all these other idiots no one likes that and if like if you don't like it don't do it to someone else like, I feel like that's but it's probably I'm probably looking at it very simplistically I'm sure there's somebody listening to this who's going to be listening to this who's losing their mind who has a good point in the other direction well maybe they'll email me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com <laughs> that's w-e-a-k-l-y podcast at gmail.com <laughs> and they can let us know what they think as long as it's not harassment or really anything critical then we're fine. Yeah. Um, I like I, we still didn't even get fully into the Louis C.K. thing. I know. it's a, But it's such a big issue. Yeah, it's such a big well, issue. Well, what are your thoughts? Like, what, Do you think that there is ever going to be a time where it's okay for him to come back? Yeah. I mean, I, it depends. No. I, like, <laughs> I only said yes and then no very quickly because <laughs> I think that if he... I think that this thing that just happened at... The com- at the Comedy Cellar is not where I was hoping he would go with it. Uh, I was hoping that it's... For someone who said he was going to sit back and listen, I think that with someone who, who... That was one of the only things with any level of, like, nuance or whatever, or, or you know, consideration in his apology. And in that he said, I'm going to take a time out. I, I think that... It shouldn't have been a self-imposed timeout. He should have realized it was sort of a societally imposed timeout. And with mm-hmm. that in mind, he should have possibly consulted with his fans. Who's, he's always had a 
you know, maybe a one-sided line with, as in he's like emailing people and saying, here's my stuff, but he should have said, I am, I'd like to do comedy again. You know, what do people think of that? You know, but what I really think happened in the short term is that he's someone who's been doing comedy for 30 years. Probably, you know, there hasn't been a month in those 30 years that he didn't do stand-up or at least think of something involving in stand-up. There were probably a lot of those months and years where he was doing it almost daily. And I think that it's like a drug for him. It's like a life for him. It's it's one of the only lives he's known. And I think that it's almost like a hair... And this is not trying to be a sympathetic view. I'm just saying, I think that... It's like a heroin addict going cold turkey immediately, you know, mm-hmm. essentially he had a moment where he was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to the cellar, I'm just going to do it. Because he just went up and he just did material. Like he didn't even address the issue. He really just yeah, was he like... a joke where he said rape whistle in it. Yeah. I didn't and really think about how that would play out. He just did Louis C.K. circa three years ago. I mean, I didn't see it, but it's like, I, I he's already been a bit more in his stand-up, you know what you're getting, for like, I would say the last five years, you know, whereas there was like, the whole thing with him for a long time was you'd see his act and be like, what's he going to do this time that's kind of different than the last time? Yeah. So I really think he just kind of snapped and went and did it, and to me what that says in a larger part, is that he hasn't accepted his own responsibility on a, in, in, a, in a major way, and he hasn't realized what it is that was so upsetting. In a way, he put the comedy seller... Now, the comedy seller, everyone's giving the comedy seller shit. Every, people are saying, why do all of these comedians, you know, support this? Which, of course, I think is is not appropriate, or, like, it's it's not really worthwhile fanning the shame out, you know, and that's what everyone loves to do. But... But it's certainly thoughtless of him, you know, and and, and yeah. it seems like there was no real plan that he was putting out feelers. But of course, the word got out so fast. And See, uh, I, mm-hmm. I, uh, this is where I because I think um, you're being generous, mm-hmm. like which I don't I don't know that I completely disagree with you. I don't nobody knows for sure what's in that man's mind. No, but, I mean, that's what I'm positing was in his mind in terms of yeah. my, my judgment of it. Yeah, it made me lose respect for him. You know, I, I do hate to say it, but, it, it, you know, it did. Uh, I never had a relationship with him where there's like a level of loyal, like personally where I've lived. And I only bring that up because I think what you're seeing in the media, like in with comedians that we know is like there a lot of them know him or a lot of mm-hmm. comedian, a lot of successful comedians know him and came up with him. Some of them like Andy Kindler already had bad moments with him. But I think if he's been doing this behavior for so long, it's like there's no place for him Unless he were to somehow, you know, really make amends. I don't know. I I don't know. It's weird because it's like we're all kind of formulating, like, what do I actually think about this? Mm -hmm. And the the truth is, is like, I think that from his non-apology last year to Mm -hmm. the fact that he was doing this for an extremely long time. And denied it. And denied it and was... And, and was like, I'm not on social media because I don't even want to deal with it. So it, he just kind of put this on other people. I don't think he's necessarily a person who thinks he did anything wrong. I'm saying he needs he needs because, deep help. But I, I, like, yeah, he needs deep help. I don't think necessarily that it's like he, I don't think he ever deserve, thinks he deserved to not be on stage. That's, I agree with yeah. you. That, that That is what I'm saying. Okay. That is what I'm saying. This need to do comedy, not deserving to be on stage. He just said, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Who cares? Like, I, I want that feeling. Why don't I not get that feeling? I also think that our community supports that idea sometimes. In that, like... Yeah, because you of... Had, you, I mean, I, I, I am still a fan of Dave Chappelle, but I hated his chunk on Louis C.K., Oh he yeah. He said that that girl had a brittle spirit or whatever and yeah. just really minimizing it because I, I think Chappelle is really good when he's talking about something he knows about. When yeah. he's talking about the oppression he's familiar with. But when he has to address like women's issues or LGBTQ issues, yeah. it's he, really it's a, thin. It's a blind spot and what it yeah. becomes is instead of being... I mean, I still think there's... Personally, I think there's some level of, of value to that, that he... Like, what he's saying, but it's more that it's a window into a way of thinking. I think that 
uh, women and LGBTQ people are aware of that that opinion. I don't know if it's, if it's value in having... <laughs> That's very more. true. That's like a very like, I'm just like a guy who doesn't need to think that people have this opinion. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's, and I'm it's, like, oh, well, I see like... But like, I mean, I sent you that Star Report uh, guy. You probably didn't watch it. But, you know, um, I'm obsessed with... I'm, I do obsess over toxic opinions mm-hmm. and uh, people because I think, wow, like this is like what's going on. This is what's going on in the street right now. You know, like this is what people who for whatever reason they are minimizing and they are doing that and like why are they and what Mm -hmm. will it take and even if they're doing that what impact does that have on groups if that's an if that's an opinion and it doesn't uh, infect law or rights can that exist concurrent with progress i mean these are all things that i kind of wonder because ultimately we can't change people's brain you know like your people's perspectives are informed by things like stubbornness, by mm-hmm. feeling like you're correct, like you noticed something, you know, yeah. I noticed that, yeah. now I'm going to talk about that. Which is why, of course, it would have been so meaningful if Dave Chappelle had more um, generous opinions well, w- within that and didn't bring up people like Caitlyn Jenner when they're talking about right. trans issues, you know, and that... And, well, that but, but that goes back to the, like, you, you were saying you wanted... Louis to ask his fans like when is it appropriate for me to come back I don't think that that's a man who lives in a in a place of reality I don't think he his contact with his fans would would garner anything other than what he already feels right he would just they would all confirm it because they're yeah. he's asking his fans I guess I shouldn't have said his fans I just meant like somehow gone out there and somehow just like talk to women is what I mean, sure. you know, yeah. that in his life yeah. and, and, and said, you know, do you think the time is right? What can I do? Because I love doing this so much and I, I'd like to do it. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully one of them would tell him, um, fuck no, <laughs> now is not yeah. the time. Like your love for this is kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Maybe like figure out another way to channel your creative energy, but like also more importantly, like figure out why you did this shit in the first place and how you stop and if that involves some sort of operation <laughs> some vasectomy uh, like, I don't know I know that like with well with extreme sex offenders they found that I think yeah if you chemically castrate them yeah. so they can't get it. I I'm don't know if you should get that. I'm just saying if he's if he's really concerned Nick <laughs> Cosby's not getting that. No, he's not. And but that's what everybody does with Louis C.K., right? Everyone goes like, well, it wasn't as bad as Cosby. And it's like... Yeah. Which yeah. is like a very lucky coincidence. Oh, lucky Louis. Yeah. You know, but but he... Uh, he it's, it's... Again, it's minimizing this thing that's like literally... If you talk to women, they'll be like... Yeah, there was a guy... I probably saw my first dick at like 10 because like I was on the bus mm-hmm. and a guy did this. You know, yeah. it's like... So let's say anybody had had that experience, and suddenly Louis C.K. was doing it. It's just like it's a it's a pretty stressful situation that is treated as a sex offense. <laughs> yeah, like it's weird though. It's like I, I think the Me Too thing, like the movement, has kind of pushed out these conversations of of women being like, you know, all these uh, in in retrospect, these experiences that I've had are not as consensual as I once thought. And so those conversations are important to have. I I actually think there needs to be a non-public version of those conversations where you're speaking with people that you've had, like, one-on-one with. Sure. When when it's not a criminal thing, when it's just a matter of... Sometimes they don't want to talk even if it wasn't, like, something that they can pursue, you know? I mean, that's that's, that's the case very, very often. So, like, I do agree with you, but it becomes in the hand of the... A, a, a person accusing that if they're comfortable with that. I know you yeah. know that, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, it, in terms of having a conversation for the culture and changing the culture of these scenarios where it's, like, that the whole thing with Aziz Ansari is yeah. I don't actually believe that he didn't know he was pushing her. That he didn't know that he was pushing her past I, her boundaries. I agree with you. I mean, I think he probably didn't know, like... I believe he may have been telling himself that he didn't yeah, know. I think he had so a he might have just been rules. operating uh, 
in a Pavlovian style as he had many an evening and not been giving it thought uh, that this was just his sort of order of events. Yeah. You know, um, that's not good. It's not good. He's not somebody I feel that bad for. I I, I feel like... What do you mean? (laughs) You don't feel bad for me? He's because, you know... You know, I got to do do my version of Louie. (laughs) Two whole years. (laughs) I'm... I'm just having so much fun here but, in Italy and going on these dates with him because their boundaries are different. Your Aziz Ansari <laughs> is like eerily accurate. Right? <laughs> Everything about it's, me is eerily accurate. Be like Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poem. <laughs> it's Blanche a lot Devereux. like Mr. Hanky. <laughs> I've always depended. <laughs> On gaslighting, <laughs> I've always I've always depended on the cluelessness of twenty two years. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. Her age that to me is a red flag. That's it is you, a like, red flag. Consistently date girls who are too young to be assertive enough to be like, I don't want any part of your dick. I mean, I think that there is like a, a, a ten the the world of ten uh, the world of a ten year gap is. Um. You can come back from that. I mean, it kind of becomes, um, it has to be case by case to some point because yeah. if, if somebody's insisting that they're in good relationships, whatever. Sure. But, but when it's like a pattern. And, thing, a, it, and you're going on date after, like, yeah. like a one-off date with like all, all your, your Tinder dates are all 22-year-olds and you're like a 38-year-old. It's like, we know what you're doing. And what you're doing is you're reveling yeah. in your status, you know? But also, yeah. and the power uh that chain switch that comes with that you know which people don't want to admit is a bad thing because then you're sort of saying if what i can't become a boss <laughs> i'm not supposed to call the boss every yeah. american is a temporally embarrassed millionaire every embar- american is temporally embarrassed uh, is a temporally powerless boss you know I it's think, like well we all have like these little rules that we don't that aren't at all a law they're just things that you're like oh if you wear sunglasses indoors you're a douchebag and i don't know why i think that i just feel that way and it's you know what i mean it's not and those are the rules that i've made up for myself right and so if if somebody does that thing unless they're blind or dennis rodman like we get why he wears the sunglasses indoors right really why does he wear them indoors he's got a certain type of eye thing going on does he yeah they're just real I mean, but also, they're, they're experience. Dennis Rodman's a bad example. Whereas, like, when you meet an older guy who's dating a younger woman, like, it's like, I don't know what your deal is, but if, it, if I find out it's a pattern and it kind of goes along with some other stuff, then I'm, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I know who you are. And that was the thing about the, the Chris Hardwick story, too, was, like, mm-hmm. it was like, well, he was 40 and this lady was, like, 23, and it's just like, I mean, you know, we can't necessarily parse every one of these stories, but... I mean, my, my, my theory with all of these that's just really depressing is, like, it's all just power. All three of those guys are just in a position where they have a, a fan base. If they lose half the fan base, they yeah. still have a fan base. You right, know? right. Look, I think we have to end this. We, yeah, I feel like we've we talked go, for a really long time, but we, we couldn't go on and on. We could. So for now, good. thank you for coming, Aisha. Is there anything you'd uh, like to plug? Uh, no. I'll do it all uh, in an outro. Or <laughs> you don't have to do anything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.